This is episode 41 of Extraordinary Women Radio. Welcome to Extraordinary Women Radio. I am your host, Cami Gildner. Women are being called to live with voice, vitality, and vigor. Each month, join me for wisdom-filled interviews with extraordinary women living out loud and making a difference in our world. Their stories will uplift, inspire, and spark your own purpose-driven journey. Happy Valentine's Week, my extraordinary women friends. I love being able to bring you this extraordinary gift of this interview during this week, focused all on love. Our interview today is with Tammy Simon, the founder and CEO of Sounds True. Tammy founded Sounds True at the age of 22 with the mission of disseminating spiritual wisdom. Sounds True started out as a project with Tammy and her tape recorder 30 years ago. Since that time, Sounds True has grown into a multimedia publishing company with more than 80 employees, a library of more than 1,500 titles featuring some of the leading teachers and visionaries of our time. And believe me, as I was preparing for this interview, the fact wasn't lost on me that Tammy had spent the last 30 years doing extraordinary interviews. I have to admit, I was a little nervous for this one. She has been interviewing leading teachers such as Michael Bernard Beckwith, David White, and Janine Roth, delving deep into their beliefs, teachings, and personal experiences on their own journeys for many years. She's a master interviewer for certain. And like so many of the interviews I get to do on Extraordinary Women Radio, Tammy's interview divinely occurred at a time when I needed her flavor of wisdom most. You see, this morning I posted a blog called Yesterday I Broke. I wrote this post this morning after an incredibly difficult day yesterday. You see, for me, my call to writing comes to me in this inner gut knowing. It comes to me in a voice that says, you must write. And when I get these callings, I must write and it flows. And when that occurs, I often get a big breakthrough or a big aha. And today it was no exception. In the difficulties of the day yesterday and the reflections of this morning, I truly leaned back into the wisdom Tammy shared in this interview. I practiced some of her teachings from her audio program, Being True, What Matters Most in Work, Life, and Love, that I've been listening to these past few weeks in preparation for this interview. And yes, yesterday I did break. My heart cracked wide open. And in the multitude of breaks in the perfect storm that occurred over the day, I remembered the practices of the pause, of slowing down, of writing. And in that pause, I had a discovery. I learned an important thing, that in the very cracking open of my heart, love, pure, beautiful love filled in the crevices. I was so grateful to have some of Tammy's practices so top of mind and heart these past few days. My hope is that the messages Tammy shares in this interview are as divinely delivered to you in perfect timing as they were for me. Let's meet Tammy Simon of Sounds True. Well, welcome, Tammy. I am so pleased to feature you on Extraordinary Women Radio today. My pleasure. Yeah, it's truly an honor. The spiritual stories and wisdom that you are sharing and disseminating into the world, I believe, is perhaps needed more right now than any other time in my lifetime. And it's really helping all of us who are exploring our own spiritual journeys. 
those of us who really want to foster our inner truths and our inner knowing and the gifts of who we are in this lifetime so that we can just go out and do the work we're meant to do. And I just think it's such important work that you're doing. So thank you for being here. And thank you mostly for the work that you're really doing in the world. I love your Sounds True audio program, Being True, What Matters Most in Work, Life, and Love. It's giving, given me some really thought-provoking insights, some inspiration, and truly touched my heart. And it's definitely going to be added to my client list of recommended reads. And to start with, where I'd like to go is I'd like to go back 30 years. When you first founded Sounds True at the, the young age of 22, and very early on, you chose a pathway outside of everything that was expected of you. How did you discover the truth in your heart? But more importantly, how did you learn to trust the, the truth in your heart at such an early age? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the way I discovered it was through pain and disillusionment. Mm-hmm. And I think that I knew that the traditional academic path, which was the path that I had been prepared for, I thought I would become some kind of philosophy professor because I was so interested in the meaning of life. And I thought, I'll study the meaning of life and then I'll help other people discover the meaning of life. But when I found in college, in traditional academia, that the type of meaning I was interested in was more experiential than academic or scholarly, I just felt that I didn't fit in. So there I am, an an outsider in pain, feeling that I've been given so much but I'm not sure what to do with all the gifts I've been given. And what I mean by that is I was given a lot of love from my family and opportunity for education. And what was I going to do? How was I going to give back to the world? So I found my way through not finding a way. And I had to turn inside because what I was looking for, which was a fit for my soul, there was no ready-made seat in the outer world. And then you asked, well, how did I know or how did I discover that I needed to trust myself and that I could trust myself? You know, I have to say, I didn't have a choice. That's how it felt to me. It was that strong. Yeah. It just felt like I, I couldn't as a person try to squeeze myself into something that was the wrong fit. And that if I tried to do that, I would die. It was that dire. And I know it sounds very dramatic and everything, but that's the way it felt to me. And And this is when you were, this is when you were in college that you were feeling this and and you said, wait a minute, this is not the space I need to be. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Well, that the traditional academic route wasn't going to work for me. And Mm -hmm. then I discovered the practice of meditation and I went to India, Sri Lanka, Nepal for a year, started meditating And in that, I did feel a sense of homecoming and rightness. And at least there was a methodology for experiential spiritual learning that I could follow and that I could help introduce to other people. And so there was a sense also of, oh, here's a gift of something I've tapped into that I can share with other people and not just meditation, but any of the inner technologies or inner practices for coming into a sense of direction and knowing and guidance and rightness and 
inner life and the fullness of inner life, that I could share all of these inner contemplative practices with the world and that this is something that would fit for me and be meaningful. And I trusted that because also I didn't have any good options. This it was, was it. it was, this was the only road that you could see that would, would it be was, possible. It was the only pair of clothes that fit me. <laughs> yes, I, I understand that. And so that was some of the early glimpses where you did start to trust yourself, trust the truth, right? And that's probably evolved over the course of your lifetime where now do you do you come into that inner knowing and just trust wholeheartedly at this point in your life? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's interesting. The name of the company is Sounds True. Right. And I think from an early age, I had a sense when something you could use a different word. I'm very sound sensitive and I love the the quality of sound and what it feels like when you come into harmony. But you could also call it feels true. Mm -hmm. And I think some people Mm. might have more sense of that. Like you walk into a situation and it feels right to you, feels like a fit, or this person feels right, or somebody offers you a job opportunity or a creative opportunity, or there's a relationship in your midst and somebody wants to go deeper with you and you know it just feels right. And contrarily, you know when it feels wrong. Oh, absolutely. You have this sense of like, you know, everything in my intuitive system is telling me not to do this. So I think that learning our own inner guidance system and what feels right and what doesn't feel right is so key. And over the years, I have learned that when I trust what feels right, doors open for me. And if I go against it, it's almost always trouble. Right, right. No, it's such a, a, a beautiful sense that we can tune into if we can just learn to, to really hear it and, and listen to it. So you came back from your travels and you had all of this, this new, these new experiences that you wanted to share with others. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about the story of how you started Sounds True? Sure. Well, I think it's important not to romanticize the condition I came back from my travels <laughs> to Asia in because I was uh, only 90 pounds at the time, quite thin, right. and I had, hepat- had hepatitis also, mm-hmm. so there was a yellow glow, especially around uh, my extremities, fingers and toes. Mm-hmm. And on top, of it, on top of it, I wasn't talking a whole lot because I thought that most of what people did when they were talking was trying to fill space because people were uncomfortable with space. And I had discovered through meditation that I was quite comfortable with space. So this was quite concerning to my parents, probably even more oh, sure. than the fact I had hepatitis and was so thin was that I, why is she not, why is our daughter who at a young age called big mouth is not saying <laughs> it? What has happened? What's uh, happened to our girl? And, you know, quite honestly, I didn't know what happened to me either. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I was uh, in a, a difficult spot where I wasn't very integrated. I'd had some huge inner openings, but I really didn't know how to inhabit 
my life in a meaningful contributory way. So it was not like it was just, oh, presto magico. And then I started this great business that distributed spiritual teachings to other people. It was a harrowing process in which, thank goodness, I started praying. And I prayed really hard and really seriously with my whole heart. And the prayer that I said was, God, I'm willing to do your work. Please show me what it is. And quite honestly, I was pretty clueless. I knew that the practice of meditation was important to me, but the idea of I'm going to start a business and help other people with this, that, that was not in my consciousness at all. I didn't know what I was going to do. Right. I, I had no idea. And I said this prayer again and again, and some fortuitous things happened. One fortuitous thing was that I started volunteering at KGNU Boulder County Public Radio, and I hosted an interview show with spiritual teachers. And my thinking behind that was that I could host this volunteer radio show and ask questions to great teachers and that they could perhaps helped me understand a bit of what I had touched into when I was in Asia. And also I could continue the learning that I wasn't getting in an academic setting at Swarthmore College, but that maybe I could continue learning in some way, in an experiential way, from great spiritual teachers who were passing through Boulder. So I had this radio show. I was interviewing people. I was waitressing at a Chinese restaurant to earn money because my parents said, if you're not in college, we're not going to support you. And I was praying and praying hard. And at a certain point when I was 21, my father died. And when my father died, I inherited a small amount of money, about $50,000. And one of the people that I was interviewing for the radio show that I was hosting called Live from Planet Earth, I spoke to him about the money that I'd received upon my father's death. And he said, why don't you put that money into yourself? And I was like, well, that's a great idea. But me and myself, like, we don't know what we're doing. Like, wonderful <laughs> thought. Wonderful thought. But I don't know the answer of how would I put it into myself? Right. And he looked at me and he said, Tammy, you know what you want to do. Come back in a few days and we'll talk about it. And a very odd thing happened. I walked out of his office. And as I walked out of his office, I suddenly felt like I wasn't quite walking on the ground, which was, of course, a very odd experience. Sure. I suddenly felt like I was walking a couple feet above ground. And I was like, wow, something weird's happening. I don't know what's happening. And then I heard a voice. And this is a true story. And, you know, I'm not trying to make it sound more weird and mystical than it was. It was just like I what felt happened? young. Yeah, young person having a weird experience. Okay. <laughs> and... You're like, what's going on in my body? Yeah. And I heard this inner voice and it said, disseminate spiritual wisdom. And after I heard those three words, I started walking on the ground again. And I was like, what was that? And as I was walking on the ground, I started thinking about it. Disseminate spiritual wisdom. And what I immediately thought of was how there had been books in my life, books by Herman Hesse, books by Alan Watts, books by Rainer Maria Rilke, that had been my lifeline as a person. Mm -hmm. They were the books that kept me 
in the game as a human being. And they were my companions and soul friends. And I thought to myself, if I can put out into the world anything like books like that, and those materials can be soul companions for other people, lifelines for other people, that will be good work. And then I started thinking about it. I started thinking about how my radio show, people had wanted copies of my little volunteer interview show, and that I should probably start with audio versus the written word or video because it was an inexpensive medium that I knew well and that books were an established industry and it would be a competitive field. But not that many people were doing much with audio back in 1985. Books on tape were coming on the scene. And one of the things I discovered at college was that I loved listening to a great lecture. And I loved listening to what's known as Dharma talks, which are talks by a spiritual teacher who's trying to talk about a complex idea. And you can learn from the sound of their voice, from the pauses that they take. And it's what's known technically as actually receiving a spiritual transmission and that many of the most important teachings are delivered not so much in writing that goes through many versions of editing, but directly in a lecture through a teaching transmission. So I thought, okay, I'll start disseminating spiritual wisdom through audio. And that's how Sounds True was born. Oh, that's that's great. It's and it's you know you really had to go through an arc way of that discovery, that inner work to find that space um, to even see the vision of what could be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it it was it was painful. I think my family was a little bit worried that their youngest of five was you know lost in the woods, and uh, I was, and I emerged. Very good. Very good. You know, I so personally feel very aligned to what you share and your being true audio program. I felt my own evolutionary journey really followed that arcway of the five aspects that you talk about. And I'd like to get, I'd like to touch base on that in a minute and really get into what that, the five aspects of really being true to ourselves is. Um, and, but it's, it's been just really, as I was listening to your work just recently on, on the being true, I just, just kept seeing this reflection of, gosh, these are some of the same things that I went through, the darkness, the, the opening, you know, all of the, the, the making space for myself. And so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that with you. Can you um, tell us a little bit about Tell us a little bit about the five aspects you outline in being true that people journey through. And I know mm-hmm. the first one starts with, there's only one of you. Um, what does this mean to you? Mm-hmm. Well, I think this is a really important idea. When I said to you, there wasn't a ready-made seat for me mm-hmm. in the world that I could just step into. And I think part of it was discovering I'm not like other people. And I don't think any of us are exactly. really. right. So we have this idea that we're going to find a role model of some kind, or we're going to find some kind of ready-made recipe and we can just walk right into it. And the problem is that we're looking outside instead of looking inside. And when we look inside, we discover that our uniqueness is being called to express itself in the world, potentially in a form that's never happened. So once you get that in a 
can really appreciate that. There's a recognition of living your life from the inside out instead of the outside. Oh, I'm going to be like this attorney I once met. I'll just be right like her because I liked her and I was impressed by her. Oh, except for the fact that she's really different. She's an extrovert and I'm an introvert. I'm not going to be able to be like her because I'm an introvert or whatever it might be. You get what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. You can't, you can't follow the image from the outside. You have to create with a lot of integrity from the inside out. Right. And one of the things you share in the, in the audio is, is a teaching that your meditation teacher, Reggie Ray, shared with you about an unprecedented, an unprecedented life. I can't say that today. And the mm-hmm. quote from Being True that, that is such a very profound statement that just had me stop and pause and really ponder um, was this. It was, you have never been here before. I've never been here before in this body, in this time space, in this relationship with this group of people and with this need on the planet. This is an evolutionary time. You've never been here before. Just mm-hmm. That just stopped me, right? And so can you tell us more about this? And mostly, why does it matter right now? Mm-hmm. Well, I know in my own life, people would say to me, you know, your meditation teacher is like this. Why aren't you more like that? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, because that's not me. Right. That's not me. Or previously, we didn't see women who were CEOs who also took two to three months off a year right. and did that and took time to uh, spend with their two dogs sitting in the office with them while they were working. Like, you know, so the idea, I'm just sharing some strange things about me and I could go on and on, but that's not really the point. The, the point is to tune into the actual call, the actual demands of the moment, whatever they are, and to see that you can't look back in history And you can't, in a way, even look forward because we don't know what the world will be like in 20 or 50 or 100 years. Mm -hmm. But right in this very moment, each one of us is being asked to bring our soul forward, our voice forward, our truth forward, to be an expression of the intelligence and the love and the goodness of the universe. And if you think about it as unprecedented, then you'll know that it's new, it's fresh, it's emerging right now. And that's important because it may not look like anything this world has ever seen. Mm. And it's new every day, isn't it? Every moment. Every moment. Yes. And that, that we can move from that space. That's, I just really love that. I really did. So the second one is the jump into the darkness one. And uh, I, I certainly fell into my darkness when I made my big transition, leaving the corporate world, starting my business. Um, like you, my father passed, um, you know, in this, in this space that, that I was really doing a lot of, you know, where do I go from here? I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. Um, so what does darkness mean to you? When you, when, when you think about yeah. this part of being, you know, this ask the five aspects of being true, you know, why is, why is darkness there? Why do we have to go through the darkness? Yeah. 
Well, I think the important word is space. You said the space that happened when you left the corporate world. And I do think when I wasn't talking, when I came back from Asia, there was actually an intelligence in that because I think space is what our culture has done a good job of facilitating covering over, whether it's that we're always hooked into our iPhone we're always doing, 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 which means we're always thinking, 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 thinking. We're always engaged. Right. Like, is it okay? It's always noise. Always noise around us. Yeah. Is it okay to just have a bit of space? Mm-hmm. Quiet, mm-hmm. openness, nothing. You could use the word darkness because there's a. Uh, but you could also call it pure light. Like it's not so much that it has to be dark. Yes. It's, this, it's this sense though that there is an unknown in it. I don't know what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm an open question. What's going on? What's needed? I don't know what the call is of this moment. I know that these other things were wrong. I had the courage to walk away from them. That was big. And now I'm stopping for a moment. Oh my God, will the world pass me by? Will I uh, just, you know, rot here? What's going to happen? It's only been five minutes. You're not rotting yet. <laughs> you know, just, right. Can you, could you take an evening, one evening, just, or a Saturday and sit on a rock or something or sit on a rocking chair or anything? And have a little bit of alone, quiet, open space. And then ask very genuinely, what's true for me? What's needed from me by our ailing world? Where is my joy and where does it naturally want to go? How could I really serve? What's the best way... I can serve. Whatever the questions are that are truly in you as a person. Yeah, they're in your heart. Right, exactly. Real questions in your heart. And could you sit in that darkness or that open space or that space of pure light and ask those questions? Right. And then hear or feel or receive what comes. And the challenge is, and this may move us further along into this being true arc or process that I talked about, the challenge is we often sense that the next steps we have to take, that we're called to take, that we're invited to take, will involve some kind of risk. Yeah, it's scary as hell, right? It's like, well, I don't want to go there. Yeah, yeah. But it's what's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's what's genuine and we know it and then we have to do it. And it may mean confronting someone. It may mean leaving a job or a partnership or a part of the country. It may mean having the courage to speak out in a certain kind of way. It may mean going into our savings and taking some money, and attempting something. Uh, but if you stay with the open space, the darkness, for enough time, you will receive 
marching orders. I guarantee it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just to, to open ourselves up to what wisdom wants to flow through us and um, mm-hmm. having that courage to step into it, to follow it is, is such a, you know, a big step for all of us. So how, how do you find your courage to really take that next big step when you get that download, when you know this is what's supposed to happen? Where does that courage come from? How do you face the fear? Hmm. Hmm. You know, you can't wait till you're fearless Mm -hmm. because then you might wait forever. Right. So being fearless is not the the, the answer, correct? Well, I think you might end up waiting too long to become fearless. Right. Uh, At the same time, if you're too afraid, then what's a small step you can take? Mm -hmm. What step can you take? But I think the main thing is to keep moving. Move forward with what you know. Move forward in some way. Manage the fear so that, okay, I can take this step. I can do this. I'm not going to do this big thing, but I can do that. Like, okay, the universe told me to write a book. I'm too afraid to write a book. Can I write a blog post? Uh, No, I'm too afraid to write a blog post. Can I write an email to a friend? Yeah, I can write an email to a friend. Can my email to a friend be passed around uh, as a Facebook post? Whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, start. The main thing is to, to make an action, do it, walk. And the more we do it when we're afraid and we walk anyway, that unleashes in us an incredible kind of power and confidence because we were afraid and we did it and nothing bad happened. In fact, good things happened and we can do it again and we take a bigger step next time. Yes. And the good things that happen is really the universe gets all in behind you, doesn't it? It starts to say, you know what, you're taking the right kinds of steps and it starts, things starting, start to show up in your life and your pathway in a bigger way. That's certainly what I've experienced. Right. Right. And that's the last aspect of, of your, your, your being true journey, isn't it? I think the last aspect is really seeing how the universe responds to you Mm-hmm. And being in dialogue with that. Mm-hmm. So if the door slams in your face again and again and again, try a different door. See what happens. Go where the openings are. Go where the human relationships are. In a sense, you could say follow the magical events because they almost seem magical. Mm-hmm. You meet yes. somebody, it wasn't what you were expecting and before you know it, you're having a conversation with them and they're all turned on and you're all turned on. And it's a slightly different iteration of the idea that you had, but it just seems like it's, it's happening and there's a sense of flow. Uh, you know, there's a Qigong master that we work with here at Sounds True. His name's Robert Pang. And I asked him like, what are your big goals? What are your big things you're trying to achieve? And he said to me, you know, Tammy, I don't operate that way. I follow the chi. I follow Ooh. the chi. I like and that. I thought that's really, yeah, that's really interesting. That's how he navigates. And there's a real intelligence in that. You know, it's interesting because last year I, I really made a lot of decisions based on what felt light, what felt heavy and um, followed the light, followed the lightness. And it really, it's, you know, I think it's that following the chi I did. I like that concept a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So tell me why you felt called to bring being true into the world right now. Well, it was a couple of years ago that I recorded it mm-hmm. and I've been doing uh, some meditation teaching. And in the course of teaching meditation, I'd given a lot of talks 
as part of these various meditation retreats. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was in a weird way kind of coming up with my own greatest hits, if you will, of things that I kept saying over and over again. And I thought, you know, if I record a program like this and I get it all out of my system, then uh, I'll move on and I'll start saying some different things. And I think it's been true. So actually it was a, it was a certain release, if you will, to uh, finally communicate some ideas that had been bubbling up and percolating in me for a long time. Mm-hmm. that I felt really called to put out. And then, but the, what's interesting about that is, is that it, ex, it opened up an expansion to new ideas to come in on the flip side. Oh yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. Ah, very good. Very good. And what are some of the new ideas that are percolating now? Well, you know, one of the things I've been reflecting on a lot of late is meaning and where meaning comes from in our life. Mm. And what I really have discovered is that uh, I used to think that meaning came from service. And I'm a very service sort of wired person. And what I notice is that service is very fulfilling. It's very fulfilling to me, whether that's just serving other people or serving the authors we work with or our customers So I haven't uh, given up on service, but I also realized it wasn't really filling me with the kind of meaning that it used to. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Service is very fulfilling, but there's something else. And as I've started to connect more with, and the only way I think I could describe this is a felt sense of presence or being, just Mm -hmm. being. Mm-hmm. Like the way I was describing sitting on that rock or sitting in a rocking chair and really feeling, not searching for something, but just feeling this weight, weighty almost sense of the joy of being. That's a phrase from Eckhart Tolle that he uses, the joy of being. But you could also just say not doing anything, not accomplishing anything, not serving anyone, but just resting in the fullness of life itself without making anything happen or being the instrument of anything, that that's where I'm finding the most meaning. Mm. And it's almost like meaning of life is life itself. And it's right there and apparent and it erases this need to have meaning come from accomplishments of some kind. So that's been very interesting for me. That's really interesting because we are always on, always seeking, always questioning, always wanting to do something. So just that being in that space of being and not Mm -hmm. having to ask any questions in that moment, not having to, um, you know, be thinking, what am I supposed to be receiving? But just being there is, I think that's a really Mm -hmm. fascinating space to be in. And, you know, I I started uh, exploring it just to not uh, keep pressuring myself to do more, do more. And it was clear I needed some rest. But the big surprise was that it was the gateway to meaning. That was a big surprise. And that's that's the beauty of it, right, is is that we don't know what's going to drop in or what ideas are going to show up 
when we, when we make that kind of space for ourselves. Exactly. Because it's just so divinely guided, um, or, you know, whatever the word is that somebody wants to choose. It's, it's, it's like, it's, it's supposed to land on us if we only open up to the, the, the place of receiving it. Yeah. It's not created by our ego, but right. it's given to us. Mm. That's, so that's a, that's a question that just pops up for me. So talk about ego for a moment, because I think that's been um, a word that's shown up that's shown up a lot for me in my readings recently. And what are your thoughts on ego and and how we be with ego and how do we dance with ego and how do we um, and just anything that any thoughts you have sure. on ego? Sure. Well, it's a complex word and people use it in a lot of different ways. I think the key for me would be to always ask ourselves who's driving the car or what's driving the car in our life. And sure, we have an ego that wants, I want the listeners of this to think I'm fabulous. That's true. I want you to like me, Cammie. That's Mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. These are ego needs that I have. Okay. However, those needs are in the back seat of the car. They're there. They're along for the ride. I can't deny it. I'm not going to say that those things aren't true. They're in the car, but they're in the back seat. They're not driving. What's actually driving the car as we have this conversation is more a mysterious sense of being connected to all of life and that all of life is moving through the instrument of me to offer something that is true, Mm. words that are true, something that comes from my heart, something that's offered as a just open offering, whether it's liked or not liked, whether it's understood or not understood. And so ego's with us, but it can be in the backseat, not in the front seat driving. When it's in the front seat driving, we're posturing in some way. Right. It's a, a set of uh, uh, defenses and image management, a way that we're trying to influence other people to get the outcomes that we want. When it's in the backseat, we know that that's a part of us, but we're just not letting it be in charge. Right. Right. No, and that's a good visual to be able to, to play with and to, to, you know, for all of us always to be recognizing what parts are ego, what parts are heart led, um, that, that come yeah. through us. Um, I think those are beautiful terms that, that can help us just keep being aware more often. So Tammy, what are your daily practices that really help you stay true to being true, right? I mean, that being true to yourself, making space, um, what are your daily, how, how, does it, how do you bring your daily practices into your life sure. that helps you stay connected that way? Sure. Well, I studied uh, a, a set of body-based practices called meditating with the body mm-hmm. with a spiritual teacher named Reggie Ray that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I I studied those practices for 14 years and I did a lot of sitting meditation practice in that time. For the last couple years, my practice has been changing and evolving. And right now my practice is a little strange, but I'll share it with you since you asked, which is to 
rest in being and not metal, not metal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could call this a type of non-meditation meditation, mm-hmm. which means I'm not engaging a technique, a traditional meditation te- technique, which is why it's a non-meditation. Uh, it is a meditation because I'm uh, carving out special time to do this. But the non-meditation meditation, the not meddling, is not letting all my thoughts get in there and not letting myself be like, it should be like this, it should be like that, something should be happening. What about this? Solving this problem, asking this question. Instead of that, letting all that meddling with myself go and just seeing what's actually here, being with what's actually here. Mm, I like that. I like that. I think it sounds like a wonderful thing to go just practice and play with and see what shows up. It's a practice I learned from a book by A.H. Almas called The Unfolding Now. And uh, I've found his work incredibly helpful. Nice, nice. So the final question I'd like to leave with today is, is what three pearls of wisdom can you leave our audience with today? Hmm. Okay, the first pearl would be if you heard something in this conversation that relates to a way that you've contorted yourself to fit into something, might you have the courage to uncontort? Ooh, I like that. So that would be the, the first pearl. Uh, the second pearl would be, is there some risk, a risk that you feel called to take? And is there a way that you could take a small step in that direction? Nice. Doesn't have to be a leap off a building, but right. just one step. step. And then uh, my third pearl would be, this is going to be a big one. Let's go for it. Okay. I like could, it. Could, could you take a whole 24-hour period to just be silent with yourself at mm. some point? Might be hard if you have a kid but, or a partner or something, but maybe you could just say, you know, I need 24 hours. And what might happen, don't take your iPhone, nothing. What might happen if you took 24 hours and we're just with yourself and space. That's great. That's great. And you're right. It, 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 I, I think of doing that. It's like, oh my gosh, can I be quiet for 24 hours? Um, but what a gift to ourselves to be able to just make that kind of space. It's not that long when you think about it. I mean, right. it's one out of 365 days of the entire year. And, right. And anyone could do it. You, you could find a way to do that. Yes. Well, Tammy, this has been such a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking time to be with us today. Um, If if people want to learn more about your work that you so graciously share with the world, um, what's the best way to do that? Come visit us at soundstrue.com. Soundstrue.com. There's so much rich resources there. So, Um, Well, thank you so much, Tammy. I appreciate it, and um, have a good day. Thank you, Cammie. Wonderful to talk to you. You're a great, great conversation host. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you liked this episode of Extraordinary Women Radio. 
If you did, please share this podcast with your own special tribe of women and help spread the love, the dreams, and the inspiration. Are you thinking about making the next bold move in your life? I invite you to take the Your Next Bold Move quiz at KamiGellner.com to find out how you can jumpstart a passionate and meaningful next chapter. You may also enjoy my book, Fire Dancer, Your Spiral Journey to a Life of Passion and Purpose, which is available on Amazon. In Fire Dancer, you will become intimately connected to your heart's calling and build the courage and resiliency to ignite your what's next. I'd love to hear from you on any of my social media channels. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter, and the links are available on my website. Till next time, my friend, listen to your heart, follow your dreams, and be you.